Hello, welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women here in northern Japan, the creator of the Jumpstart course and the Women in Japan Mastermind. So today I have an interview with you with another fellow New Zealander. We've had quite a few New Zealanders on the show recently. I'm very proud to showcase so many of my fellow country women. And uh, today we're going to be talking to Alice. Now, Alice is down in Miyazaki at the other end of Japan. I'm kind of way up north here and she's way down south in a very beautiful part of Japan. And she is uh, someone who is very, very interested in finding ways that we can reduce our plastic waste in particular, and reduce waste in general, and particular plastic waste, which you and I all know that Japan is just terrible for this. And I mean, you know, I love Japan and I love how Okyokusama is number one and, you know, they think so carefully about um, making everything so convenient for us here. But I have to say the plastic waste is just ter- is a terrible situation. So, um, you know, there's no need to feel like you can't do anything about it. And in this episode, Alice will give us some really great tips for how she herself has gone about uh, reducing her own plastic waste. And, you know, it's always best to start, you know, start in your own home doing, you know, doing it yourself. And then, you know, you can always um, inspire others to go along with you as well. So we talk a lot about um, the thing, you know, how she actually, like, what was it that um, started her down this this path and, and how she found her way after moving to Miyazaki um, four years ago, I think she said. Um, no, it must have been longer than that. Oh, maybe it is four years. Sorry, I'm getting myself confused here. And um you know, how she didn't let being in Japan be an excuse not to do the things she wanted to do, but also um, that, you know, learning about um, reducing plastic waste and becoming a member of the an um, environmental group in her um, community helped her to overcome um, a fear that she's had of public speaking that's been, that has, you know, been a fear she's had all her life. And now she willingly goes out and, you know, does talks on, on reducing plastic waste. So um, I think this is a really great episode in so many ways, and it's a really fun episode. So I hope you will enjoy it too. So please listen to me and Alice talking about plastic. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Alice. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane's podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Hi, Jane. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Alice. So you are down in Miyazaki. So for the geographically challenged people (laughs) in Japan, where is Miyazaki? So it's on the southernmost island of Japan, Kyushu, on the east coast. So it's really beautiful there, isn't it? It is beautiful. Lots of beautiful beaches, fantastic weather. It's yeah, kind it's of really tropical, sort of. It is, it is semi-tropical, yeah. 
it's really nice. I, I guess it's kind of, if you think of the opposite in New Zealand, it would be like the north of the North Island, I suppose. Exactly. And a little bit hotter. Maybe a little bit hotter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know uh, someone who lives there, and I see her photos, and it just looks so beautiful there. And I thought, oh, I have to go there sometime. Oh, it <laughs> is. Yeah. I think people who like have been born and raised here just don't know how lucky they are. It's uh, it really is like a paradise. I think um, you know it, it, a lot of people just take it for granted, but it's some stunning beaches and nature here. It's really beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. good to hear. Like, we don't have to go to Thailand or somewhere, you know, to access stunning beaches. We can just go to Miyazaki. Yeah, no, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, keep it local, definitely. I mm. mean, I'm a big advocate for that, you know, uh, to see the place you're in uh, first, if you can. And um, I think it's a highly underrated, actually, Kyushu. It's a really beautiful place. Yeah, I love to hear that because I, like, I've lived in Japan for 17 years now, but I always end up visiting the same places like I'm either here in Fukushima mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or I'm visiting my parents-in-law in Tottori Prefecture yeah, uh, or I'm visiting yeah. New Zealand right so yeah. <laughs> so well, I right. never go anywhere as yeah new. we always have that you know you feel like you have that obligation as well like you've got to visit family first and um you know the places you know I mean I think we're all guilty of that aren't we exactly um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, yep. get Miyazaki on your list of th places to go yeah, if absolutely. you have a chance to go somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really um, by the middle of summer. It's very like the weather's very nice too. Uh, I mean, I, I quite like the summer here, but some people find it a bit much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think being yes. by the beach really helps, though, doesn't it? Like even if it's hot, yeah, at least yeah. if you're on on the sea, it's it's There's nice. It's a bit of a yeah. breeze, you know. Um, I actually find it much more bearable than being in a concrete jungle. You know, like I lived in Saitama for a few years, and um, and the heat just has nowhere to go. You know, it's just you're stuck. Exactly. Sweltering. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm just a little pitch for Iwaki at the same time, like. <laughs> For people, especially in Tokyo, two hours on the train and you can be in somewhere that's like five degrees cooler. I kid you not. Like it is right. noticeable when you get off the train. And yeah, like yeah. Um, even though Fukushima has an image of being very hot, that's actually Fukushima City, which is um, inland. And we are on the coast. And the same thing as Miyazaki by the sea. Beautiful sea right, breezes. Right. Okay. And yeah. So we, mm. have, we have probably the like everybody here says this and I know lots of people around Japan probably say this, but mm -hmm. we have the best weather in Japan without a right, doubt. I'm sure. Really? Um, like really nice weather. <laughs> like even yeah, yeah. in some uh, winter, it's beautiful sunshine every day here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll have to put that on my list of places <laughs> to visit in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. So we've sold each yeah. other out <laughs> our, <laughs> yeah. our locations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's good for people to find out about different places around Japan and all the different nooks and crannies that there are in this country. Yeah. There's so many cool places to visit if you get a there chance is. to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, tell us, well, tell us a little bit about you, Alice. Where are you from? And yeah, how did you get here? Okay, well, um, I s spent most of my life in, uh, in New Zealand. I wasn't uh, born there. I was actually born in Papua New Guinea and we uh, immigrated my parents are British. We immigrated to uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, when I was eight. Um, so I spent most of my childhood there uh, in New Zealand and education there. And I uh, started learning Japanese uh, in uh, high school. So it was the early 90s when there was the big, you know, Japanese tourist boom. Yes. 
Same um, here. Yes. Yeah, this is all yeah, sounding yeah. very familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the bubble crashed and yeah. whew, that was the end of that. But anyway, mm. uh, so, but I, I, I carried on learning Japanese and, um, you know, ended up getting a degree in Japanese language, uh, which took me on to the JET program um, and then went back to New Zealand uh, after that and then found that I, um, yeah, there wasn't as many job opportunities <laughs> using Japanese as I thought there would be. Uh, in uh, in New Zealand, um, right. so yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I I met my husband, who's Japanese, and um, you know that was very useful being able to speak Japanese, of course. Um, but well, we met in New Zealand, uh, you know, many years ago. Um, but I, other than that, I didn't use my Japanese, you know, for for quite a while. Um, and then um, I, I ended up. Uh, doing massage therapy so before I came here uh, this bout to Miyazaki um, I was a massage therapist uh, in New Zealand um, yeah and then uh, somehow uh, you know I, I remember I was listening to your podcast about the vision board and how you're right, going, moving yeah. to Sweden right yeah um, and it is quite interesting because I've uh, I have I have done vision boards in the past uh, but uh, you know we had this idea this vision of uh, where we wanted to go in Japan. Um, you know, we had experienced the Christchurch earthquakes um, and I've got uh, two, two young children um, and we thought it was a really good opportunity uh, to come back to Japan uh, for them um, and also just uh, get some normality again uh, in our lifestyle. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, we had this vision of... Uh, where we wanted to go, kind of a, a place in Japan that uh, wasn't a big city, um, was more family friendly, uh, a lot of green, you know, um, a, mm. a nice kind of relaxed place. And I kind of thought this this place probably doesn't exist in Japan. <laughs> was kind of, that, that sounds very awful, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, I had lived in near um, Tokyo before, like in Saitama, and right, yeah. that was my image of uh, of Japan. I mean, I had spent a year in um, in Kyoto on exchange before that, but um, but mostly that was my image. Was uh, Japan was a very busy, bustling, you know, crazy place. You know, um, it was you know not a place really to bring up the family. It was for young people. That was kind of what I had in my head. Um, but anyway, we thought, well, we'll look for we'll look for this place, this imaginary utopia. <laughs> mm. And um, then we we were like, oh, we haven't been to Kyushu. What's Kyushu like? You know. Uh, so we did some googling. Thank God for the internet; it's uh, very yeah. helpful. <laughs> um, you know, Google Maps. I mean, we chose where we we live now, uh, basically by just looking on Google Maps. Wow! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We were like, okay, what area has lots of uh, parks nearby and facilities you know like it's right, got green yeah. but it's also you know uh, easy to get around and close to the central city as well but not too close not right in there so we yeah we totally uh, utilized google maps uh, for that and mm. um and yeah um there was a, a job opportunity going um for my husband's work and um and i was like well we'll, we'll just apply for it you know it's it's your first job and if we don't get it, we'll just keep on looking. We uh, kind of could give us ourselves some time to uh, make this big move. Um, and uh, he ended up getting the job. And 
right off the bat in, in three months time we had to like be out of our right. house mm. in Japan <laughs> you know within three months so it was all a bit a bit crazy and hectic but it was fun <laughs> that's a really yeah, yeah. neat story about how you ended up where you are like yeah yeah, yeah. so I mean I really just did not like the image I had of Japan was completely different and I came to Kyushu and I was like this is just a different Japan that I haven't experienced yeah, yeah. it's really interesting mm. Yeah, because a lot of the time, like we make decisions, like other people make decisions of where we're going to live. You're like, this is mm. where your family is, so you're going to live there, yeah. or this is where your parents-in-law are, or yep. this is where your company's sending you. So you yeah, live that's there. right. That's but you right, guys actually it took it the other way around. We're like, okay, where do we want to live? And then yeah, let's find it was it was here. a big gamble actually. Like now that I think back on it, you know, it could have gone very badly. <laughs> could have worked <laughs> out, you know. Um, you know, we didn't have a, a big plan. Um, it, it was kind of a, a, it was a bit like your vision board thing. It's like where the, where the universe is going to take us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trust in the... Trusting, in yeah. The you trusted yeah. and, and it was mm. meant to work out because it did work out. And, mm. and here you are, yeah? That's yeah, we've been here four and a half years now and yeah, it's great. I love it. And so you ended up in Miyazaki and then you found your own feet in your own way mm. once you got yeah. there didn't you yeah so well when I first got here I you know was kind of focused on just settling the family in you know getting the kids in school and just getting into the swing of daily life so I, I didn't do a lot other than that the first year um, and then the second year I, I got into what many uh, you know native English speakers get into here is teaching English mm. um, at schools um, but it was always in my mind that I wanted to do something else. I mean, yeah, teaching English is, is all good, but it's not, it was not the thing I wanted to be doing, you know, like a lot of my, spending a lot of my time doing. Um, and, um, yeah, I kind of ended up doing something that I never expected <laughs> to do actually. Mm. Um, so now I'm, I'm kind of freelance, uh, uh, advising people on waste reduction um so focusing on plastic waste reduction which is a huge challenge here in japan yes um yes as you know <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so I, I do that mostly i also do do sort of teaching at uh the university, the university of miyazaki um i try and incorporate a little bit of my other life in that as well <laughs> the waste reduction on the yeah. you know young minds mm. to try and get mm -hmm. them involved and yeah and I ended up joining a um a not-for-profit organization NPO called Miyazaki Ekonokai um and they've been operating for 10 years I think oh, it'll be 11 years now in Miyazaki um and they go around local elementary schools um teaching about the five R's so I got involved in helping with that um, the last few years. So, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, so take, take us back to like when you first sort of found this thing that you were interested in this, um, you know, re reducing waste. Like what, was, what yeah. was one of the first things that you did that started yeah. you off on that path? Well, it's, it's interesting you say it because I try to trace back like to when was the point, you know, when was it? What was it? And I mean, there's not, there's probably like one singular, like 
defining moment, I think, which really just got me moving in that direction. Um, but prior to that, there was all these other things that, you know, when I keep on thinking about it, I'm like, there's all these connections, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I think at the very beginning, at the very beginning, I mean, I know you're very much into this, so I, this is why I'll talk about it, is um, I read a book um, by Anita Morjani. Have you heard of her? I have not heard of her. Well, I highly recommend her books. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Um, so she had a, a near-death near experience in NDE. Um, and her experience through that um, basically completely changed her perspective on life and what life means. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, a lot of people have these experiences, right? Um, but when I was reading her book, I was just, it really struck a chord with me. And it was, I feel like it was really relatable for probably everybody, <laughs> actually. Um, and one of the big things um, that she advocates for is that you know we we have this idea that we need to find a purpose in life right. you know yeah. um, that we we need to be driving or striving towards something and um it's like that kind of defines our self-worth um but her whole uh concept and through the experience her nd experience um she realized that the only purpose she had was to be herself and the only purpose that any of us have is to be ourselves. So this is the purpose of our lives and to be, you know, the best ourself, whatever that yes, is yes. to us, um, um, you know, every day in our life. Um, and she, I guess in a way that's, you know, people might call that enlightenment or, you know, um, you know, people have different names for it or whatever, but um, she just realized that she didn't need to do anything <laughs> to be what? Doing no, what? not do anything. Yeah. No, yeah, just great. Be herself, you yeah. know, be happy, be you know, and whatever, do whatever it was that made her happy, and everything else would pretty much fall into place. You know, ah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, if you do something that makes you happy, um, you know, you don't have these unrealistic expectations or other people's expectations mm. then you know you're gonna you're gonna have a good life i guess you are <laughs> but, yeah but, by default <laughs> yeah exactly totally, yeah this yeah. totally changed my because i i am still a little bit now i was more so before a, a real people pleaser okay. so i did a lot of things because um because I wanted to please whoever it was, my, you know, my parents, this is a big thing in Japan, right? Mm. I want to please my parents or my husband or, you know, children or other people. So I did a lot of things for other people um, because I wanted to please them and not because I wanted to do it or it was for my enjoyment or my benefit. Um, so, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but if you're always making that sacrifice and you're never doing the thing that you really want to be doing, then that's a problem, I guess. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, definitely. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, before I probably read that book, I would never have, uh, so the name of the book is Dying yes. to Be Me. Dying to Be Me. Yeah, yeah, so that's her first book, and then she um, has written a second book. I think she might have a third book now, which I haven't read yet, but uh, the second book is What If This Is Heaven? So it's this idea that what if this existence, mm. this life is actually, this is it. This is our paradise and this right. is our heaven. So what, what are the implications of that? Um, 
so yeah, it's it's uh, it's non secular. It's a very uh, just general kind of uh, talk, which I really like because I'm I'm not a religious person. Um, but yeah, her books just really made me think about like what is it that makes me me, mm. and what is it that I want to do with my life? Because you only get like one life. Well, this is you know this life. What am I going to do with it? Um, and so I think from that point, that was uh, quite a few years, probably about three or not long after I came to Japan, actually, I read that book and I started to think about what it was that I, um, that I want to do, you know, not what mm. other people want me to do, mm. <laughs> but what do I want to do, you know? Um, and so that kind of got me thinking on that track, I think originally. Um, and I think, um, yeah, that was probably the beginning of the thought process where I was starting to think. And I think just coming to Japan as well, you um, you do kind of look more inward and you do kind of question more your purpose because there's this outside expectation, I find, um, that you fit in this particular role. Um, and I get that. You get that back in New Zealand and other countries as well. But I find I get that more so here in Japan as well like uh, it's like an immediate kind of judgment by a lot of people that you know um, by my outward appearance that you know maybe I don't speak Japanese um, you know that um, I'm an English teacher um, or if I'm a mother that I stay at home yeah. um, you know I feel like there's a lot of these stereotypes um, extremely strong yes, yes 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 and i quite narrow I find, <laughs> yeah yeah and i find you do start to kind of question and i remember um you know when i first lived in japan many years ago when i was younger i didn't have the confidence as much then and it's quite um i don't know i found i found it quite hard you know i found um you know i didn't have have as much confidence then either and so you know kind of really start to question you know, what is your worth? You know, who mm. are, who are you? Is, is what is your place in this country? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I guess I was probably already thinking about that, and um, but I found that that her books were really helpful for me going through that kind of tough transition as well, and also you know you, you get times when you you get really tired of um, living in a country that's you know not your native country. You know, it's uh, it can be quite exhausting. Yep. And, um, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's like this um, level. It's like you get a stamina for it after a while and mm. you don't notice the pressure that you're living under until you go back home. And then you're like, oh, oh my God, you know, like, yes. <laughs> was I living like that? And I didn't even notice that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, and, it is. It and all is it takes is to go back to your own country and you're like, oh, I can just have a conversation with people. I don't have to yeah, like, right. think about it in advance or wonder if I'm going to get it wrong, you know? Yes, um, well, that's right. Absolutely. It's just the ease of just being, right? Yeah. Um, mm. When you, especially with language barriers and things um, and cultural bar barriers. Um, but yeah, it was um, really eye-opening, that book for me. Um, mm. So I think that was that was the beginning of just the thought process. And um and then I think, you know, the next part of that is like, you know, living in Miyazaki, I had this great opportunity, which I would not have back home. And that was to be part of a uh, turtle re release, the okay. baby turtles that they had uh, hatched in a hatchery um, in um, 
down on the Nichinan coast, which is the southern part of Miyazaki coast there. Um, so every year they, they locate and um, take the eggs of um, the uh, red, is it the red leather? No, red beak leather back turtles, I think it is in English. Um, uh, Akaumigame, I think they're called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so they take them, uh, the eggs, to a hatchery to keep them safe because a lot of the um, their natural environment has kind of been encroached on by humans now, unfortunately. Yeah. So they they take these eggs uh, to be um, to be looked after and incubated, and then once they hatch, the turtles they release them into the ocean. So I was really lucky to be um, a part of that. Um, it was kind of like an email the night before they catch. <laughs> right, yeah, you know, they yeah. catch. So yeah, it's yeah. like first thing in the morning, you've got to just go. So um, I'd never been part of anything like that before. And um, it was just really like magical moment. Mm, <laughs> sounds part beautiful. Of, like, letting yeah. these little turtles go um, on their way into the big wide ocean. Um, and I just, I, I remember there was footprints in the sand and I remember some of the turtles were getting kind of stuck in the footprints, you know, and, um, and it was such a huge, it was like going, like climbing Everest for them, you know, it was huge feet just to get out of this little dip of, and I was like, how, you know, these tiny little things are going to go out into the ocean and, um, and they're going to battle waves and predators and, and then well at the time I didn't think about it then but garbage you know mm -hmm. uh, rubbish mm -hmm. um and I was thinking yeah that is amazing you know the, these tiny creatures so yeah so that was a really really special moment and that was uh the summer of 2016 so so I was already kind of thinking about that thinking about uh you know what's my purpose um you know here and also this experience of, of letting the turtles go. Um, and then um, a few months later, I saw the viral video of the turtle with the straw up its nose. Right. Have you seen that turtle? Mm. Uh, that, yeah, um, that very graphic video. Mm. Um, and, you know, I had been, I'd always been kind of dissatisfied with the amount of plastic garbage and just general waste in Japan anyway yeah. like uh, there's a big contrast in New Zealand I think yeah. in Japan um of I don't know I mean we're not great at waste management in New Zealand either but um you know we're not great at recycling but I think the beginning process is different um in in New Zealand we probably have less wasteful practices to begin with you know like yes. I mean packaging wise yes um yes. on the, for the most part so I had already you know been thinking about it before and, and didn't like it and kind of felt a bit overwhelmed and helpless in, in that respect um but then I saw this video on YouTube and I just it just kind of I was dumbstruck I, it just really it really got got me mm. <laughs> you know so emotional um and I think a lot of people had that kind of really visceral reaction um and I didn't kind of know like why I just you know a lot of these things you see on YouTube you like it's shock and then you get over it and it's you move on with your life but I just couldn't get past it I just couldn't get past I just thought this is ridiculous I thought how can we how can we be at this point where we're so um 
unconcerned with the consequences of our actions, so unconcerned uh, or more concerned with convenience that we would allow this to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I thought I, I was pretty good, like, on the environmental front and caring for the environment before, but I just had this realisation that I wasn't doing enough. <laughs> it's just not, like, we're mm -hmm. not doing enough. You know, I thought I, you know, recycling, sorting my rubbish, making sure I'm, you know, you know, putting the right things in the right bin or whatever. I was like, that's not enough. Um, so it was kind of, that was probably the defining moment where I was like, I went from this point of just thinking about things and, and being, um, I guess, disappointed with the circumstance right. <laughs> to actually doing something about yeah. it. You know, um, because I think we get into this uh, pattern, you know, like a lot in the news and social media now, it's quite negative. And, yes. um, depressing. and it was also, yeah, it's depressing. Mm. And it was also off the back of the US elections as well. I think that definitely had something to do with it, um, where Trump was elected. Um, and there was all this stuff going on in the media. It was very depressing. Um, and you felt very helpless well I, I think I did especially mm. you know uh, not being an American citizen I mean you know we have no control in that but um, yeah I just felt like really helpless um, and that point when I saw the video I just thought you know I've got to do something I just wanted I felt like I just needed to do something and I thought maybe if I just do something it'll help. <laughs> it was a very simple kind of way of thinking. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like I'm going to save the world or, you know, mm. um, not stopping using straw, like straws, plastic straws is going to save the world because it's not. Um, but I just thought I can remove myself as, you know, from being part of that problem. <laughs> you know? So I, if I, if I do stop using this stuff um, and then other people do, it, it has the potential of creating a big sea change of, um, you know, uh, yeah, just a big, a big um, change of perception and, and um, yeah, eventually it could change the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, that was the point where I was just like, I, I need to do something. Mm. Um, yeah. And how interesting is it that it's the turtles? <laughs> That's what, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, uh, that... Uh, yeah. The, the two the two connecting the two turtles yeah I you know, think it was I, I think I'm I'm sure that if I had not participated in that um, turtle release I I may have just done what I just said before and I'd watched the video I got upset about it and then I did nothing mm. you know or maybe I just stopped using plastic straws or something but I don't know if I would have gone to the level of effort had I not had that personal um, yeah. and hands-on experience experience yeah. yeah yeah so uh, yeah i find that that's that's often what it comes down to isn't it having some kind of personal connection experience with something that mm -hmm. sets you off on these these <laughs> adventures and um, yeah, projects yeah. and things yeah and mm -hmm. i'd like like in a completely different topic what i'm doing here in fukushima it's all yeah. about the connection that i have with the the women who run um, their nilkans and things here that are just struggling with lack of business. And I can right, okay. see that mm -hmm. having more visitors from overseas would just, would A, help their economy, but B, 
be, it would also show them how wonderful their backyard is that they can't see for them yeah. themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And it's all, it comes down to the connection because if I didn't know those women and if I hadn't been spent the, every Tuesday afternoon with them for the last four years, mm. I wouldn't be doing this, you know, right. at all. But now that yeah, listening yeah. to you talk about the turtles, I'm like, yeah, now I, I see it's, this is, yeah. this is how things start, you know, it's just getting it is, a it is. somehow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, um, I mean, I guess the big thing is you like, you took action on it uh, instead of just thinking about it. You, and I'm, I mean, I'm quite a, um, ideas person. I've got lots of great ideas, but I'm not always great at putting them into action. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, for me, it was, um, yeah, it was quite empowering and it may be a little bit unusual, for me to decide, I, I, yeah, I've got to do something about this, you know, mm. and um, initially it was really, it was really just for me. I just wanted to see if I could do it. I just wanted to see if I could live, uh, you know, plastic free or with less plastic waste yeah. um, and just try it out for a month. And so that's what I did. I, I went, I went on um, online. I looked for some groups on Facebook, um, you know, like plastic reduction and this one um, page came up called Plastic Free Me, which is actually a UK run organization. Um, and they, I had missed a Plastic Free July, which is the big one, yep. but um, that everyone probably knows, but I saw they, they were organizing Plastic Free February. And I thought, wow, I'm just gonna try it. I'm just gonna see if I can do this for a month and, um, and if it will make a difference. So that's what I did. <laughs> that was the beginning. And, yeah. you know, you have to take these little steps. Like you just started out doing it for you, right? Yeah. And then you got some confidence. Oh, it's possible. And then yeah. you start to show other people how they could try and, you know, they yeah. want to do it too. So this is, yeah, how lots mm -mm. of people started. So, you know, if you, if, you know, people are out there listening and thinking, well, I'd like to try X or whatever yeah. it is, well, just start in your own backyard and start in your own home or wherever. Yeah your own neighborhood, whatever. That's a fantastic place to start. And, and don't let being in Japan, like put you off, you know, just, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. This doesn't matter if you, even if you don't have the language now, you will get it, you know, yeah. you will learn by going That's out right. and being involved in things and learning and picking up the vocabulary and showing yeah. your face at the, at the eco stuff. People know yeah, oh, she's yeah. the eco lady, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the tourism lady, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like people get to know who you are and then you'll be called on to start doing things. So tell us about this little transform. Well, it's not a little transformation. Sorry. I <laughs> there. It's a, an amazing transformation that you've had. Um, Due to this becoming, you know, more um, conscious of trash and how your, mm. um, you know, your impact on the world, that it's yeah. it's helped you to overcome something that that you yes. never thought of thought possible. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, well, um, I I never expected. Like I said, I had just done this for myself, and um, and then I kind of I shared in, on Facebook with my friends and family, um, but then in that process, I, I kind of thought I, I wanted to take things a step further, and um, I looked for organisations in Miyazaki um, that were doing the kind of work that I'd been doing for the last month, which is uh, you know waste reduction, and if there was anywhere that had a focus on plastic waste reduction, um, so there, there wasn't anyone with a particular focus on plastic waste reduction then, um, but I found the Miyazaki Ekonokai MPO group. And um, so I contacted them and I said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in 
what you do as an organization and they told me about this program they had in schools and that um, I could come along and and observe it and then decide whether I wanted to become a member or not so I, I spent a few um, um, yeah probably I, I spent three I had three sessions or three um, classes that I attended and observed um, and I do speak Japanese so it was a lot easier um, for me I guess in that in that way um, and at the end of the three sessions they said well do you want to become a member and I was like um, oh okay then yeah I think it's a great program and and if you have me because <laughs> I was kind of in this position where I'm like like me you know you want me to be a member like is it okay <laughs> yeah um, they love because, me yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um and they were very welcoming and very friendly and supportive and um and yeah just a really really great bunch of people and it was really nice to be accepted into into their little group um so i joined um the Ekonokai and um and then I had told them about um, when when we when I first went um, inquiring about um, joining. I had told them that um, I had done this month plastic free, and they were quite intrigued by it. I think, um, and they um, they said, "Would you like to do a workshop, or would you like to do a presentation on on this journey you <laughs> you had?" <laughs> and I was like first reaction was like dumbstruck fear <laughs> because I'm not a public speaker I I well in the past I yeah I, I wasn't of, right now now you are yeah, right <laughs> I was, uh, really scared of public speaking and um you know when I was on the JET program I had to make speeches at schools and, mm. and, and ask anyone from that time who probably watched me I would just freeze with fear I uh, I did not enjoy public speaking it was not something I would put myself forward to do. <laughs> it was something I would do if I had to. Um, and so they asked me to do this and I was like, oh, really? Okay, a little bit of a panic and, um, and fear. Um, but I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it, why not? And I thought, well, this is too good an opportunity to pass up to get the message out there that it's actually not that hard to reduce your own personal waste quite significantly. Um, and I, I wanted to share, you know, my experiences. And I thought, well, it's, it's a group of pe people who, it was gonna be about 30 people, I think it was in the end. And I thought, well, it's, it's, it's not a huge group. And I think if I can just get over it, if I can just do that, it will be beneficial <laughs> for everybody and for me. Um, so yeah, so I did this, um, this workshop, um, about plastic waste reduction um, talked in front of 30 people and um, and people really enjoyed it and the feedback was really good and then kind of one thing led to another and I got asked to do various other speaking engagements <laughs> mm. so um, and then the city as well the um, local government you know they, they've requested me to speak at some of the events they organize and um, been a good kind of collaborative effort as well so um so yeah this is not something I ever imagined doing it's so <laughs> if you cool told, yeah. yeah if you told me I was going to get up in front of people and you know like willingly enjoy, <laughs> enjoy getting up in front of people and talking about you know plastic waste reduction I would have been like what 
are you kidding? No, that's not. You must be mixed up. That's yeah, not me, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's such a good story. And I, you know, and this is another great example of how whatever it is that you want to do, you really do have a chance to stand out here in Japan. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps in New Zealand, you wouldn't be getting these opportunities of being asked to do these things potentially yes, so much, absolutely. right? But you absolutely yeah. stand out because obviously Yes. not Japanese and yeah. that is interesting in itself yeah. and people want to hear from you so whatever it is that yes. you that you know other listeners might be thinking about you have an, an amazing opportunity to like put some real rocket boosters on whatever it is you're doing and take off with it so yeah um, yeah I mean obviously I mean, I'm, yeah I'm you're in Miyazaki really, right so yeah. <laughs> it's even more so than yes, in Tokyo yes. perhaps yeah yeah, there's a few people, I mean, in Tokyo area that are doing, there's quite a few more than here, I think, who are doing the zero waste living and um, that kind of waste reduction. There's a, a, quite a few people up there doing that, um, but not maybe so much so down here just yet. Um, but I am acutely aware that I've been given these opportunities because I am different. Yes. Yes. And in that way, I I know I am very lucky um, to have that opportunity. Um you know, uh, I know that there are lots of Japanese people out there too and academics and professionals um, who, you know, are really clued up on this kind of thing and um, it's maybe a little bit harder for them to get their um, get their word out there, um, which I think is a shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think things are opening up a little bit more. I mean, since... Um, the world plastic crisis has kind of come into mainstream media. Um, it's it's kind of in media here more now as well. Uh, like in the last probably maybe year and a half, there's I think there's been a real shift. I mean, seeing these kind of news stories on just the yeah. regular news mm. about plastic waste reduction and pollution and you know um, various special features that have been on NHK and th- NHK and things. Um, uh, it is very encouraging to see that something's happening there. Yeah, definitely yeah. catching up here in Japan. Yeah, it's great. Slowly. And, you know, <laughs> if the Japanese people, like, decided, right, we're not doing this, then it would be just awesome. You know, like, mm-hmm. it would, they would do it so yeah. well, you know, like. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it just exactly. needs to move away from this whole yeah, yeah, let's protect our senbei so that they don't get crushed at all yeah. before well, they reach you kind of thing. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of unnecessary. And this is my focus really is on the unnecessary waste. I mean, right. there's a lot of that. I mean, Japan does have a problem with humidity. I mean, that does need to be addressed somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, whether things need to be individually packaged, yeah. most of the time, no. You know, no, yeah. um, And there are alternatives out there as well. Um, but I mean, right when I first came to Japan uh, in the 90s, I remember then about the ekobaku, you know, maibaku. Yep. Yep. There was this big movement around that time. Yeah, there was. About yep. bring your own bag. And and then I don't know what happened. It kind of fizzled out, didn't it? It did, like, yeah. You know, when I came back this time, I was like, what happened to the eco bag movement? Everyone's, everyone's carrying plastic bags around, you know? It, yep. it kind of... Um, I don't know if they can just get over the momentum and get over that hump um, so that it just becomes mainstream. Then, like you said, absolutely. I think Japanese can do like zero waste and waste reduction really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, the, the big focus has been on recycling. Um, yeah. Look, look how good we are. We're recycling so well, <laughs> yeah. but we just produce all this. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, well, dis- it's just disgusting, isn't it? Like, honestly, 
I really, I have this vivid memory and this is a memory from 15 years ago when Mm -hmm. I invited four of my foreign friends to my house and we Mm -hmm. had like just, you know, we sat around drinking and eating and Mm -hmm. we just put all the plastic trash in the middle of the table and there was this mountain of plastic on the table at the end of our like little, (laughs) you know, party that we'd had. And Mm -hmm. we just, all of us sat there and just went, oh my God, (laughs) you know, and this was 15 years ago. It's probably even worse now, right? It is, Um, it is. It was just terrible. So yeah. But what do you yeah. do? Like how, like, okay, give us some tips, right? Cause we're, <laughs> how, what is like, okay. obviously we know the eco bag, right? We know the eco bag. Yeah. What are some other, like some really cool things we could do that would just yeah. make a huge difference to our trash? Well, just speaking of eco bag as well. Like I, I thought I was okay with taking my own bags, but I was actually really rubbish at, at doing it. <laughs> like when I look back on it now, I think of, um, you know, I still had cupboards of, you know, even when I did try and refuse them, I, I wasn't consistent in it, you know? Right. So I would still have cupboards full of plastic bags, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I'll just use them again. I'll be fine. I'll use them as rubbish bags or whatever. And, um, you know, I remember I used to throw away, like I used to put in the recycling um, plastic shopping bags. Right. And especially those kind of ones that you can't really use again. I'm like, yeah. And then I, after going doing this month of being plastic free, I went through my covers and I was just horrified. It was like my eyes had been opened, and it's like I couldn't go back to the way I was before. Um, and I was pulling out these bags which I had been re- refusing for a month, and I was just like, why in the world did I even accept this bag? It's completely mm. um useless to me. Mm-hmm. So apart from that one use to carry something for five minutes, I had yeah. no use for it. It was like, you know, like those little bags as well. You have no use for those. Yeah. For you your one be- can of coffee or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I had all these bags. Um, we can only put our recycling out in clear plastic bags here in yes, Miyazaki. Yes. yes. They've got to be in clear plastic bags. And so I had all these like opaque or like white plastic bags, which, you know, so many of them, you just, can't they're not useful for anything i mean i don't line my rubbish bin anymore so couldn't even use it for that Mm. um and so just taking my bag like that was the first thing i did was just making sure i had a reusable shopping bag with me at all times at every store you were like yeah Yeah. in my handbag i mean most women have a bag of some kind yeah a handbag a lot of men have man bags now. Mm. So just making sure I had at least one reusable bag in my mm. handbag yeah. and rolled up. And I, I, I like to actually have two. And um, and often my handbag is also quite large if I need an extra one. Right. Um, but just yep. making sure I had them there if I needed them was the big was a big thing. And once I, I mastered that, you know, like I had that down pat, I was like, I never forgot them ever again. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, and then I had I had a I had a whole lot of stuff in the back of my car, like containers and other extra bags and shopping basket and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean, the eco bag seems like it's a really minor thing you can do, but yeah, you can make a huge difference if you just can remember it every single time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always have two in my my big handbag as well, and yeah. and that's notice and just like being on guard at the checkout is the another mm-hmm, thing as mm-hmm. well, right? Like yeah. just saying yeah. or yeah, like straight away when you get to the checkout, so that yeah, they don't yeah. start like opening up bags because once they've opened yeah. the ba- damn bag, then they're like, oh, can't use this anymore and throw yeah, it away. Right, throw it away. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you got to watch like a hawk. Yeah, yeah. You have and to be on guard, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got like the the big tip, I guess, uh, in that regard is I'll be, um, I'll say, usually they have a card if you don't need a bag as well mm, that you can mm. put in the basket or whatever. But I'll also verbalize it and I'll say, you know, fukuro irimasen or fukuro ides or something, you know, whatever mm. you like to say. Mm. Um, and then I often add sono mama de daijo is, you know, sono mama. Yeah. So just like that, mm. because otherwise they'll often, um, like if you have loose vegetables or fruit, oh, they'll bag yes. them in the little bags. But I find if I say the sono mama, ides, mm. they'll often um, just put them in the basket as they are. Mm. And um, but you still have to watch sometimes, and I'll be yeah. like, they'll reach for the bag, and I'll be, I'll be just be like, ah, oh, son of mama, you know, mm. there is, and then they'll be like, oh, okay, really? They're like, really? Yeah. Are you sure you don't want your avocados <laughs> in this extra protection yes. bag in case something else accidentally what... touches them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I found that helped if I verbalized it, and then I also added that like son of mama on the end. And, you know, just keep on watching. Um, but yeah, so the plastic bag thing, I mean, they reckon, I think, uh, the average Japanese person uses about 350 bags a year, right, which yeah. after, which after my one month uh, experiment, cause I, I took tally of everything. Um, I realized that was woefully <laughs> underestimating sure, yeah. because I, I counted every single bag that I refused, including, you know, the little bags, the, the um, barrier bags, mm -hmm. everything that I would normally have taken. I just counted those. So it was about 650 bags. Yeah. Um, I, would have been, like yeah. I would have been using it at least, at least. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, it's a significant amount to think, you know, uh, that 650 bags that are, not being created, um, not using resources, not being recycled, not ending up in the environment, because those are the ones that are easy to end up. Yeah. That's the kind of plastic that's easy to end up in the environment. Mm. Um, yeah, so so the plastic bags, that's, that's an easy one. And once you've mastered it, it's like there's no going back from that. You'll just, you'll have it forever you'll be able to do that yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. i'm getting yeah, yeah. i'm really getting the hang of it now and it's like yeah. also if you frequent certain shops they're like oh here comes that lady yeah, there's that <laughs> lady who hates it when you use plastic yeah, all right yeah, that's right they remember you they do remember it's easy to remember the, the foreigner yes, who, who's always is, like no plastic yeah no good anything else big, we can do yeah, yeah well the other big one um i mean with shopping is probably like the individually wrapped things you know yes. i mean it's very hard to buy anything loose here mm. um i mean coming from new zealand i expected to be able to find fruit and veg you know uh loose yes no problem but that was is much more challenging um you know i've i've what i've done is i found shops that do have more um produce out loose right. um for purchase and i'll frequent those shops so okay. I'm very lucky that I've got a, a tiny little supermarket near me. And I find if you've got a, like a local kind of very small family owned kind of business nearby, it's much easier if you live in the community, you can go and you can ask about these things as well, you know? So um, I asked the owner, uh, you know, if you have anything out the back, like, uh, you know, only had bagged up carrots. I said, do you, if you, do you have any ba um, non-bagged carrots out the back? Would I be able to get them loose in my bag, in my net bag? You know, mm. I've got some net produce bags, which are reusable. And um, he was like, yeah, 
sure. Okay. So he just went out and he's how many do you want? Weighed them for me. And it was easy. So I find like those small little locally family run businesses, if you can talk to them, it's, it's actually a lot easier than kind of approaching right, a big yeah. supermarket as well, yeah. which I have also done, you know, I'm shameless. So <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I talk to everybody, whether they yeah. like it or not. Um, but yeah, so that was a big thing for me as well is just, uh, you know, getting the courage as well to, to talk to people about it. You know, mm. I, I could have easily, and I, I know this is very difficult for Japanese people culturally as well, just to say nothing and accept it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of made this decision that I wasn't going to do that anymore. So, um, so yeah, I found this local shop and they're very, very helpful and cooperative, lovely mm. people. And um, they still have like kind of old style displays where they've got, you know, like five um, onions in a basket kind of thing for a certain price. Um, so that's been really good. Um, and if you're at the supermarket, it's a little bit harder, these big chain supermarkets. Um, you just it's a matter of trying to find the thing with the least amount of packaging sometimes yeah so um just you may pay like a little bit more but what is more important to you i guess is what it comes down to um like for me i mean you know budget is a consideration definitely in our family um but i also feel like it's important to support the um the growers and the people the producers who are uh, thinking about the yeah. waste and mm. yeah, the impact. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll pay a little more for a more sustainable packaging or no packaging <laughs> mm -hmm. um, to an ex extent. Um, but yeah, so it can be quite hard. So sometimes it's just a matter of reducing the amount of wrapping and um, yeah. waste there, um, yeah. especially in Japan. Yeah. yeah, that's a good good point though what you, you said about that because I was sort of of the opinion well oh poor me I want to do more but I can't that's rubbish yes. if I just have yeah. to look a little bit harder mm. and find the shop yeah. where they do still sell things like that and there are shops like that and now I yeah. think about it there probably is somewhere I could go I just yeah. need to choose that over the more yeah. conveniently located one or the the one that's yeah whatever you know near where I'm doing whatever yeah. I happen to be doing yeah so making a point of visiting those particular shops and that's, that's good right. for them too right and yeah 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 like supporting the local local yeah. shops I really like yeah. that the you smaller know, family shopping shops. locally and yeah. um I mean it's not possible all of the time and it does take a little bit of time and effort especially to find those places to start with so I tried not to do it all at once like I I right. gave myself some time to find like, you know, tick one thing off at a time. So, I mean, there's still some things now I can't find um, package, lots of things actually, that I can't find package free. But, you know, things like eggs, I found a, um, a egg uh, place that it, they supply, I guess, to local businesses. So it's a, like a chocobay, yep. what do you yep. call that? Um, direct to, what do, you, what do you call this? Wholesale, I guess, yep. kind of yep. like a wholesale yep. egg place. And um, Gyomyo, I only know the Japanese Gyomyo, words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I found this egg place that's not that far from my house. And um, you know, I'd go in there, um, they're only open in the morning, but then they've got a vending machine outside. Um, you can leave the packaging if you, if you want to, there's a box there. Um, so I try to go in the morning, lady gives me my eggs in a carton, and um, yeah, no packaging, no waste, fresh eggs, very, very nice. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah so, good. and 
no more expensive than the supermarket. I think maybe a little bit cheaper even. And, um, and it is a little bit out of my way. So I try to plan it when I'm going that way, you know, or yeah. Um, yeah so I try to, yeah, you've got to be a little bit more organized in that, in that area. If, um, if you don't have the time, I mean, it is a lot about convenience. Um, you know, you just got to do what's going to work for you and find mm -hmm. the least waste solution. I mean, there are times when I need eggs and I'll buy them. And <laughs> <Right. laughs> the place to get a supermarket is a shame. Like you can't get them in cartons here very often. That's um, right. Yeah. Mm. That, which is just a given back in New Zealand. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so it was just a matter of doing one thing at a time. So I checked, I, I was like, yeah, I found eggs, check. I can go, I know that place, I can go there. And there's like a couple of other supermarkets where I can buy eggs loose, you mm -hmm. know, like per egg, because I guess with the aging population and sure. in Japan, there's a lot of people on their own. So they have these, um, like at the co-ops, they have these eggs loose. Mm. Um, so if you take your own container um, to reuse, you can avoid the packaging that way. Mm. So it was just a matter of, seeing the things that I bought a lot and trying to reduce in those areas. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's good. Thank you for those, um, those <laughs> tips. And that's, and I like that just doing one thing and getting used to doing yeah. that and then do it, the next thing or find the next thing. It's just too, otherwise that's over. it is, yeah. it is like, you'll just, yeah. you'll just give up. And I, I see a lot of people just, they'll, they'll just give up because it's just too hard. And mm. you, what you're aiming for is really something that's sustainable that you're going to be able to carry on doing. You know, um, it's not a fad. It's something that you yeah. want to incorporate into your everyday life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you've got a offer coming up for yes. uh, for our listeners. Tell <laughs> us a little bit about uh, your little special offer. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so on top of the doing the talks, the freelance freelance talks, uh, a friend and I have started a little shop, like a market shop. We just go around local markets in Miyazaki um, and we both have a love of sewing and uh, crafts. So we've started a, a shop called Loopy where we um, sell reusable items. Um, so things that you would, would otherwise maybe uh, use a disposable item, like for example, those you know barrier bags I was talking about. Mm. We've got net bags that we've sewn. Oh, and yay. yay. I love those. <laughs> yeah, net yeah. bags. Um, you know, little like my hashi, you know, my hashi mm -hmm. and my um, cutlery sets. Um, we make uh, little pouches for those and like bento bags and things like that. Um, and like makeup wipes, reusable makeup wipes, that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, that we, we've sewn ourselves. So we've got this little shop um, called Loopy and on October the 12th and 13th, there's an event at um, Miyazaki Seagaya Resort. Um, it's a... Uh, sake and zaka festa they've also got a public viewing of the uh the games on those the rugby world cup games on those days oh, nice. so at the same venue so um that goes from 5 till 9 p.m on the 12th and 13th of october and if you say that you've uh, heard this podcast i'll throw in a wee uh, a wee freebie mm -hmm. or a uh, we can do a little mini or waste order if you would prefer to not have an item but you know we can do a little consultation and uh, work out ways personalized to you where you can reduce uh, your own personal waste or household mm -hmm. waste mm -hmm. yeah so very cool i offer to to the listeners yeah. so <laughs> yeah anyone in um 
in Kyushu <laughs> or yeah, in Kyushu, the, the yeah, wider yeah. <laughs> anybody heading to Kyushu yeah, or yeah. at Miyazaki for the Rugby World Cup or anything like that um, stop by that market and yeah. we'll put some details about that in the show notes so you if you didn't catch it just now um, yes does, yeah great do you have Thank an you. online store for your thing or is it just uh, markets well, that you're we, doing? we don't have an online store i do have a uh, we do have a facebook page at the moment and it's uh loopy so in alphabet l-o-o-p-y and then it's uh the katakana uh, uh not sorry katakana hiragana kuru kuru raifu so um if you put put that in um we should come up on facebook you know uh, the online thing is in the works maybe in the future perhaps um but at this stage it's just going around local markets in miyazaki and um yeah yeah so very cool it's our thing <laughs> well thank you so much alice for coming along today and sharing so much about your um your journey to no finding and um, you know your life that you know, you're happy living in, mm -hmm. in your part of Japan and how you're making a difference. And I think loads of people can just take even just one little idea away from what we've talked about today and, yeah. and start off doing something that they've been dreaming about or thinking about or and maybe perhaps put off because of the fact that we're in Japan or what yeah. just too hard yeah. or whatever. They don't know where to start. Um, that yeah. sort of thing. That's not an excuse. Come on guys, let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I, I guess the good thing that's come from all this too, is that, you know, it's like being part of your community and, you know, contributing to yeah. your local area. It's, it's very rewarding. And I, I definitely feel like I've, um, met a lot of great people and um being treated very kindly by by the kind of my neighborhood and local community um by being involved more as well i guess yeah that's yeah. that's a great sort of spin-off of you know taking part in these things is yeah you yeah. become part of the community and that's something that we often lack and feel if you feel like, like an outsider in japan yeah because you're not taking part yeah <laughs> just, absolutely yeah, um, yeah. you know I get mean, in there it, yeah. Just take that first step. It is the hardest, isn't it? And then, yeah, yeah you'll be fine after that. <laughs> yeah. We trust us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just claim it here. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be right. Famous <laughs> New Zealand saying, she'll be right. Yeah. She'll be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks so much, Jane. It's Thank you. Good. All right. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Alice. And if you're interested in any of the things that she mentioned in the podcast, either the book um, by Anita Mojani, I think she said was her name, or um, yeah, the Look No Pura website or anything like that, you can find all of those links in the show notes for this podcast. And remember, Alice mentioned her special um, for listeners. If you go to, and now she said it's the, See, see, I can't read it. See, see, Gaia Resort Night Markets on October twelfth and thirteenth, five to nine p.m. So, you, if you happen to be in Miyazaki, then at her next when she's holding her next um, 
market, then please drop in and say hi. And she will even give you a free personalized mini waste audit on the spot there. That sounds interesting. So, um, yeah, and let us know if you guys catch up with with Alice and, you know, post it on Instagram or something. Let me know. So I love to follow what listeners are getting up to. And if they meet each other, that would be really, really awesome. Yeah, so um, that was you know, uh, and, and another topic that we've hit and, you know, talking about the environment. So if you have something that you think, oh, I'd really like to talk about X on the podcast with Jane, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I really appreciate when people raise their hand and say they'd like to be on. And even if you think like, I don't have anything, I'm just me and just little old me, that's not true. Um, and I bet you we can find, um, something to talk about. Yeah. So definitely, definitely, um, contact me if you'd like to be considered for the podcast. Um, I have the very lovely Melissa Uchiyama coming up in the next uh, couple of episodes. And we're talking about writing and about food and the great things she's doing in Tokyo that uh, might interest some of the listeners as well. And also I have an interview coming up with Amanda O'Brien. She is uh, down in Osaka and doing amazing things with her um, architectural company, Jima. Um, oh, I can't remember the exact name of it right now, but I'll get, I'll get that for you. Jima Design, I think it is. And um, also, we ha- I have an interview lined up with Jennifer Shinkai, and that is going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about Ihigai and finding, you know, your purpose or meaning and things like that. So, that is very, very cool. Very excited with how the podcast is is growing. And that's all thanks to you guys sharing it and um, listening and letting me know what you want to hear about and things. And so I can put it out there for you. So thank you so much for all your feedback and getting in contact with me. If you have any messages, just catch me on Instagram at Jane Nakata or on Transformations with Jane at uh, on the on the old Facebook. Come and join us in the podcast club. The podcast is the Transformations with Jane Podcast Club. Very original name, but easy to find on Facebook. It's a free group and you can just come and join and other fans of the podcast and, you know, talk about the episodes or um, talk to some of the um, people who have actually been on there. So everybody's in the group um, if you want to, you know, talk to them in the privacy of our lovely Facebook group. So thank you so much for listening again, and I will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Minasan, konnichiwa. Konshu no interview wa Arisu-san deshita. Arisu wa Miyazaki ken ni sundeiru New Zealand jin desu ne. で、
あのまあ、ずっと前からその環境についてはあの考えた人とかそういうあの関心が特になかったって言ってたんですね。でも、まあ、その刺激があ,あったのはもうショックがあったのはあのそのカメあのウ,ミウミガメをあのその赤ちゃんを海に放すあの時にその後その動画を見てショックだったんですよ。大事に話したウミガメがあのもうプラで死んでしまうとか、もうすごく心が痛くてあの行動をちょっと変えましたね。で、少しずつ変えたのはポイントだって言ってましたね。あのいきなりもう全部やめるっていうのになったらもうちょっとトゥーマッチですね。トゥーマッチで諦めてしまう。で、今のプラの問題は、もう、コンビニ、コン、あの、なんていうの、便利すぎの生活はしてますね。あの、もう、考えないで出かけて、あの、マイバグがないので、もうビニールをもらう。で、そのビニール持って帰って捨てる。あの別に違う道で使わないとかの、の生活をしてますね。で、もうちょっと、ね、マイバグを書く。お店で使ってみるっていうのはもうそのいきなりゴミが減るんですねそのいらないビニールが減るしもう 1, あ1年間で600枚のゴミ袋あそのビニール袋を使ってるっていうあの数字があってうんそれぐらいだと思いますねで私もあのまあ多分1年この1年の間にだいぶんあのマイバッグいろんな場面に出してるんですね。例えば服屋さんあのあのユニクロとかのどこでもいいんですけどか何か買うときは必ずマイバッグ出してこれを使ってくださいとかあのテープだけでいいですそのままでいいですって言ってあのもうそのビニール持って帰るのはやめました。あのもう使わないしうちらの家の中に使う道はほとんどない。なので、もうたまにそのマイバッグ忘れた時には、やだもうそのビニールもらわなきゃと思う,と思うんだけど、ああ、大丈夫。ハンドバッグはちょっと大きめのを使ってるので、ちょっともういろいろ入れる<笑>子供もいるから、あの、いろいろ入れるように大きめのハンドバッグ使ってるので、もうテープでお願いしますって言って、で、自分のバッグにポンと<笑>投げて入れるんですね。で、ああ、嫌だわと思もうかもしれないんですけど、でも、あの、それだけでもうビニール1枚使わなくてもいいなと思えば、私にとってはいいなと思いますね。で、彼女が後言ったのは、あの、まあ、その次の一方は、いろんなものをプラなしで探してみようって言,言いましたね。例えば、卵。卵はもう日本に当たり前なのはもうプラノのケースで来るんですね。で、地元のニュージーランドは紙。紙のなんか段ボールにもうちょっと厚い紙のあの卵のケースで来るので、なんで日本はプラじゃだろ,だろうと思ってたんですね。で、まあその直売所を探したり、あのその別にプラのに入っている卵じゃ,なじゃないところ
あるよってあの確かにありますねちょっと遠回りかもしれないとかちょっと計算してちょっと計画立てて買い物をする方法にしたらあの買い物できますねであとあの地元の八百屋をもっと使ったりとかそ,のそういうお店はもうプラたくさん使ってないんですよねちょっとなんかあのなんていうのザルみたいなものにフルーツが入ってるんじゃないですかでその買ったフルーツをそのまま2枚バッグに入れたらプラーは使わなくてもいいんですねあとスーパーに行ってマイバッグ使ってもあのそのなんかきゅうり1本買って買ったらそのビニールちっちゃい袋に入れるのはいらそれ,それもいらないそのままでいいですよってあのちょこちょこ言ったらもう減らすんですねそういうあのヒントありましたで私もああもっと簡単にできるんだって気づきましたねその話を聞いてあのまあ確かに周りのスーパーはその大きなチェーンのスーパーなんですけどあの探してみるとそのもうちょっとね地元の八百屋みたいな小さいスーパーに行った方があのみもう地元の経済にもいいしあのそう環境にもいいかなと思いましたもっと頑張ろうかなと思いましたねじゃあとても楽しい話だったんですねでアリスさんはあのこういうゴミだが出ないようにリサイクルじゃなくてあの最初から使わないっていうのが一番いいんだって言ってますね。であのまあ日本のリサイクル確率っていうのの率がすごくいいんですよねもう 80% みたいな感じなんですけどその特にプラはリサイクルしてないんです。あのそのリサイクルは私たちがするんだけど捨てた後の行方は皆さんは分からないんですよね。で、実は何パーセント ?30 パーセントぐらいしかほんのプラはリサイクルしてないんですね。他の70パーセントはもう大体燃やしてる。なので、いや、それは嫌なだなと思いました。あの別に違うあの品物とかになってないんですよ。もう燃やしてる。いやーそれはダメだなと。<笑>もうちょっと頑張ろうかなと。まあ、特に、まあ、自分からスタートしようと思っていいことだ。<笑>ゴミを最初からもう出さないようにしましょう。皆さんね、ちょっとでもね、週1回でもやったらもう年間で52枚のビニールが減るんですよね。<笑>じゃあ今日はその話でした。今度いろんな素敵な女性の話をするからまたあの聞いてくれたら嬉しいな。日本人のリスナーからのメッセージはなかなか来ないのでぜひあのジェーンにメッセージください。聞いてるよとかもう聞きたいですね。じゃあ See you next week.Have a good week. Bye bye. Thank、you